Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back, and it uh, looks like we'll get right to the phones. We do have a couple lines available, number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. Give Sure a call, and you could be up after uh, Debbie in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning. Hello? Yes, how are you? Oh, fine. I, I just wanted to continue our discussion from yesterday is the current political climate, are they trying to force more agribusiness out of the state by making an example of these people that lease state lands? I mean, we've lost Tolleson, we've lost Levine, we've lost Gilbert, Chandler, all of the, any uh, fields, cotton, I mean, cotton and citrus are what we're known for here. Well, Lucy, unfortunately, as we get more and more residents, um, we're going to have less and less agriculture. And, you know, we got to have a compromise somewhere, you know, and the state land program basically was set up when they founded the state to support the schools. So that's why the, the agricultural lands always been leased from the state and, and other types of land as well. And in fact, we lease land from the state of Arizona ourselves and it's a great program and it, it enables us to farm and we own the improvements and the state owns the land. And it's, it's just kind of how it works. But, you know, what we need to look for is really more water sources, you know, for the valley. And, and that's going to involve either, you know, drying up some farms that actually are fed, you know, pretty much by the CAP because we can't move water. The water that we're talking about out there where the Saudi Arabians are growing their alfalfa is not transferable to Maricopa County. You know, what's transferable are water rights that come from the Colorado River. And the fortunate part is that uh, we've constructed, starting with the SRP and then following up with the CAP, a wonderful water delivery system. And the water rights that are owned by Arizonans and Californians, uh, which are priority, you know, one water rights along the river, uh, that water can be bought and moved. And that's what the city of Queen Creek just recently did, is they brought some farm water from a farm, you know, this down along the Colorado River, and they're going to use it for the town in Queen Creek. You know, as our population grows, you know, when I grew up here, I can remember the Phoenix population being 350,000. When my grandfather moved here, it was 30,000. You know, we didn't pass El Paso until 1950. So as we do have all this increased need for water, um, we have to supply it. Now, I think in the real long run, we're going to have to look at things like maybe moving some water out of you know other places where there's a lot more, especially in flood times, like bringing water from the rivers, you know, further to the east, you know, from the Colorado, not through Colorado, but the Mississippi and all those other watersheds. That's all transferable and doable. And if we can pipe oil around the world, we can certainly move a little water. Well, I mean, I don't see why people are so up in arms about getting paid millions of dollars for land that's just sitting there. Or, I, I mean, like I say, this is just kind of a political ploy because we've always grown alfalfa. We've always fed our horses. You know, we've always had Bermuda and alfalfa. And now it's just gotten very, very expensive. But, well, you know, yeah, actually, I Lucy, mean, the alfalfa's come down quite a bit. You know, and we're in one of the best places in the country to grow Bermuda grass and alfalfa. Oh, I know. We have. 
have beautiful grass. Well, I'm talking when we paid six dollars a bale, and now it's up to seventeen for Bermuda. So <laughs> yeah, but what was it last year? <laughs> That's expensive. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't had horses since 2006. But <laughs> I, I love your. I, I mean, you need to start promoting this. We need to move more water from you know, move it around as opposed to just sit and complain about somebody else's using it. Well, and we certainly can't create it. You know, I now I guess no. up in Las Vegas they are doing quite a bit of cloud seeding with some you know up around Mount Charleston with some pretty good success from what I understand. So they're seeding all well, that the clouds. That would be up wonderful. There. And uh, yeah, I know. mean, the clouds today would I mean it's just waiting to come down. Well, whatever we could do to encourage it, certainly a good thing. Now, if I could do the right dance, I'd be up on top of the mountain here in Sunny Slope right now. But first off, that wouldn't be a very pretty thing seeing me climb that mountain again. No. And, uh, <laughs> now, I have spent a lot of time on dangerous. top of it. <laughs> it might be a little dangerous. But no, at any rate, you know, the other thing that really bothers me is the fact that, uh, you know, the only way we cool our valley down is by having more, you know, cover with foliage, you know. And, and to do that, we have to plant more trees and water more trees, you know. And so we, we have to do things here and manage the way we have for really 4,000 years. I mean, the Native Americans, you know, would manage their farms here. They didn't have some of the construction techniques that we do, but they farmed here for a long time. And it's always been about the droughts and the floods and how we manage water. And Salt River Project and CAP, you know, they get kudos from everyone. And even as far as our management areas that we have between, you know, the management areas here in Maricopa County and Yavapai County, those management areas have been set up very well, not that long ago, really, back in the 70s, but um, we do a fantastic job with the Department of Resources and SRP and, and uh, got to give the new guys on the block, you know, the CAP, and that gives us way to move this water. And, you know, if we have to dry up a few fields here and there and down in Yuma right now, my friends that have a lot of land up on the Mesa, they're getting paid as part of a dry up program to leave water in the Colorado River, you know, and that makes sense. But yeah. Uh, but the other part that makes sense is, you know, not getting our urbanization so dense that we don't have any fields anymore and it gets so hot, you know, you know, with this planning with the cities, you know, putting areas in to have trees and cool our environment make a huge difference. Now, I am a tree farmer and, I, you know, I, I will say my I may be a little bit skewed in my opinion, but uh the value of our air and temperature here, especially as seen this summer when we're setting records, you know, perhaps we have to pay a little bit more attention to you know, how we direct our water and using it here where our population is, as we used to use a lot of water. You know, historically, you got seven acres of residential development for one acre of ag you take out. And uh, so... You know, we don't really have a water shortage. We have a difference the water, how it's distributed and used. And unfortunately, some farmers are going to get paid, you know, and should be paid uh, for the use of their water or that we should buy their land and use their water. And I really uh, give great credit to towns like Queen Creek that are out there and, you know, basically yeah. with a forethought to do these things. Well, this is, I mean, if the city of Phoenix would listen, as I said yesterday, they planted eight trees along 7th Avenue and five of them are dead. They don't know what they're doing. They they take um, a one-story building and they replace it with a six-story apartment complex on four acres. And then they complain about water and they complain about us watering lawns, which, I mean, the water goes back into the trees and the shrubs and the lawn, whereas it goes nowhere on concrete glass and asphalt well it's it's unfortunate they've taken the setbacks away from some of these taller buildings and oh, I know. and that's kind of happening all over but you know we used to have really nice
sidewalks along the side of the roads that would come through and and we would have trees well trees that line central (laughs) avenue and things that you know that kind of cool thing and you know and the big word now in all the colleges is sustainability well if we take away all of our shade canopy exactly uh, it's not so sustainable and all the white (laughs) concrete in the world is not going to make up the difference in the tree canopy does no we we need you on the city council. We no, no, need no, you no, on the no, board no, of no. supervisors. No, no, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to be on any of those things. I, I've done my time with the village planning committee, but that was back in the 80s. So, uh, but I'll certainly, I know it's thankless. I'm certainly here to support those with with good ideas. You know, it's it's like yeah. uh, somebody called the other day in the radio show, and I was talking to him, and you know, it's kind of like a parachute it doesn't work unless it's open. That's how our minds are. So we've got to work together. Yeah. I have great faith in our ability to come together and reach good conclusions. But in the meantime, we can't cover everything with cement, clay, and glass and not have anything to buffer our environment. Lucy, thank you very much for the call. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Debbie and Avondale. Good morning, Debbie. Yes, good morning, Brian. Um, Listen, I have a beautiful organ um, cactus Uh in my yard, and it's about 20 years but I wanted to know when is the appropriate time to trim it because it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, you could trim arms off at the, the best time. Are you going to try and save the arms and transplant them? Uh, yes, I would love to. Okay. So the best time is going to be when the weather breaks again, like in September. Okay. Or, or you could do it in the spring. And probably the very best month is probably March. March. Okay, great. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you so Thank you, much. Debbie. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. John and Mesa. Good morning, John. Hey, how are you? Oh, enjoying the hey. morning. Hey, I got I got a question for about Lantana. Do you have Lantana like a um, a gold or a yellow that can be a bush and grow about four feet? Yes, there, there's a lot of different yellows, but there's a compact one. Now, most of the yellows are either spreading and... Uh, they're going to tend to want to spread wider than that, but they'll yes, easily grow to four feet. And then the compact dwarf ones usually only grow to about two feet. Okay. So the ones that spread, you just keep them trimmed. You could just prune. Yeah, keep them pruned. Keep it pruned, and then they'll start growing straight up? Well, then they're going to grow more upright, but you're going to have to maintain them by pruning them. You know, one that really grows that shape the best that's that size is called Dallas Red, but it's not, um, you know, it's not yellow. It's not yeah, and it's not yellow. Yep, I got it. Dallas red is a, a pretty. Uh, oh, it's, it it's, pretty it's a nice deep red. Well, you know, you're looking at a slower cultivar because you won't want it to get so big. You know, like the yeah. wild pink lantanas that grow twenty feet tall. It's not much of a use for. But yeah, Dal- I Dallas, got those. Dallas reds are really nice when that you can keep it three or four feet and print it once or twice a year, and it, it'll stay that big forever. Okay, so you have both those. I can look at either oh, one yeah, of them. We've got different September. gold ones. We'll, we'll usually have a half a dozen you know, varieties of lantana at all times. Yeah, I'll come in September when it's a little bit cooler to plant it. Okay, you can plant them now, but you know, definitely wait till it's a little cooler. It'd be easier on, on you and the plant. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, lost a, I lost a hibiscus. That's why I'm going to plant something that I don't have to watch all the time. Well, lantana is definitely a little tougher than the hibiscus. I know. All right, thanks. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Uh, Chris and Surprise. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, good morning, Brian. Um, I have um, some sable palms and pots in the back, and they're totally burnt out from all the heat and the sun. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if 
when I can um, clip the dead uh, homes off and and if if you think that'll come back or well, they'll probably come back, Chris. Are you wanting to keep them in pots? Um, yeah, I do. Okay, you know what? You might. How, how large a containers do you have? Oh boy, are they big? Are um, they two feet or are they? Yeah, they're, yeah. I would say three three feet uh, okay. in diameter. You know, if you want something much hardier, you might look at a Mexican yes. Mexican blue palm. Okay. The Mexican blue palms are pretty much the hardiest palm of all here. But if you want something to maintain in a container, that would be a really good one as far as it will maintain its foliage and can sit out on a concrete patio and not burn up. And uh, okay. the sables, it depends on what kind they are. But there's Texas sables and Riverside sables and different sables. But um, uh-huh. what you probably want to do is leave the, the branches up still at least at a 45. And if you want to try and save those sables, what I would do is hit them with a lot of water. Are they in dirt or in the potting soil? They are in dirt. Okay, and, that's a big uh, plus if they're potting I have, And I have deep watering stakes in them. Mm-hmm. Well, on a pot, I really, still, the water needs to go from the top all the way down. Okay? So there's no advantage yeah. in a container having a watering stake because you want okay. the water to go from the top and all the way through the bottom of the pot. Um, what I would probably do is throw a little bit of Osmocote on them right now. And Osmocote's a slow-release fertilizer, but it gives them a little okay. something to grow on. It's not too hot all at once. And uh, okay. trim them up to about a 45-degree angle. If you have long fronds that are kind of just unsightly, just you could trim those in half and see if you can't get okay. them to come back out. But, you know, if, if you get tired of those, the Mexican blue palm is going to be a lot tougher. Yeah, and how, how how tall do those grow then? Well, in how many lifetimes? Chris, in that pot, you can put them in that pot. And we've got ones that are probably, oh, I would say 15 years old with two foot of trunk okay. grown in a container, you know, and that's okay. that's with pretty yeah. regular care. And uh, okay. But realistically, you could put those, you could take and plant like a 15-gallon or 25-gallon into those pots. It would be somewhere between four and five feet to the top of the leaves. And for them okay. to outgrow the pots, you're talking 20 years. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. And then what you yeah. can do is trade them in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah, by, the, by that time, yeah. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a couple lines open. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTR.
by Sunita Khan, another one of our musicians that we lost. Uh, back to the phones. Uh, we got two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Doreen and Scottsdale, good morning. Hi there. Hi. Hi. I have um, a 20-plus-year-old Tipu tree. I actually have two of them. Um, but the bigger one is having issues. We've had a landscape crew out for the last couple of weeks. We were on vacation. They came out while we were on vacation, remodeling the backyard. Um, we were removing grass and putting in some artificial grass and rocks and stuff. And I know they used some kind of chemical. Um, they didn't water the trees as they had promised. Um, and they were using some kind of chemical, I think, to make sure you know grass didn't come through. Um, I'm wondering if it could have hit the tree a little bit. That sounds like a really bad combination, Doreen. Um, yeah. And I have no idea what they would have used, but there are other chemicals that will definitely kill it. But they're also going to be a lot, you know, more damaging to the tree because of the weather. So the combination's really okay. bad. So what I would do is get like a soaker hose and put down where you had the grass before and turn it on and run it for four or five days on each tree. And uh, try to get the ground wet, try to leach any chemical they have. And probably the first thing I would do is contact them and see what, if any, chemicals they used so we know what they're going to do. Okay, so would it be a good idea if I found out which one it was and then call in next? Or yeah. something and well you can even, you can even call the manufacturer you could you could follow up with me next week on the radio but in the meantime what I would do is I would take and throw a soaker hose around those trees and uh, run them for you know a couple of days okay and just keep keep uh, well, they, them they, well that you know they're used to getting lawn water you know when you change you go to plastic from from grass you go from something that you know that 2500 square foot of grass is the same as a 10 ton air conditioner running in your yard all the time okay and now yeah. you've taken dark green plastic and put it on top of that ground so you've raised your yeah. ambient temperature there probably by 20 degrees or more okay they haven't laid the grass yet so okay. it is just it's just the dirt and the okay. gray stuff over it. Yeah. Well, that's great, but just get the water on it. Okay. You know, right, and, and, and we've had record heat, you know, and the water and tipu trees are pretty tough and they're pretty hardy, but find out what the chemical is. But first today, just go get a soaker hose, wrap one around each tree and just turn on and let it run for a few days. Okay. Okay. And do we have to water them more since uh, once we have the, the artificial grass? Oh, you probably never watered them much before at all. I did. I watered them. I deep watered them once a week. Okay. No, then that's probably still going to be fine. And the fact that okay. you deep watering is real salvation for your trees because they're going to have a deeper root system because of the way you watered historically. And that's going to right. be very good for them. Okay. So you think we might not have lost this tree? No. Completely? No. I mean, they're, they're pretty tough, but, you know, and they'll pop mm-hmm. new buds out, but you really want to get that water on right away. Okay, I'll I'll water them for a couple of days then. Uh, low water, right? I mean, just yeah, not just that put, much. Yeah, just get a, a soaker hose and just turn okay. it on. You know, you want to put on pro- how big in diameter the trunks? Oh, I don't know. A um, foot, two foot. It's um, uh, the diameter of the trunk is probably just about what two, you know, a foot and a half, two feet. Okay, so if, if you gave it a hug, you could just barely get your arms around there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big tree. Yeah. So that tree's going to use up to a thousand gallons of water a week. Okay. You know, so you got to get some water on it because that's why it's going. 
That, right, that, so just, that could be a bad chemical at the same time, but the water is the one thing you can fix today. Okay, that's what I'll do then. All right, Thank thanks, Doreen. So Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Alan and Scottsdale, good morning, Alan. Hi, good morning. Yeah. Um, so I got a question about ficus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're about a year and a half old, about 10 feet tall, and about a foot down from the top. They look horrible. Okay. And so... And they're on a sprinkler system. It's my son's house. They're on a sprinkler system. And uh, is that a sign of anything bad? Or Yeah, it's a or sign that we've been, we went through the hottest July we've ever had. That's what it's exactly yeah. a sign of. And around town, so it just burnt on the top foot or so. And then below that, the foliage yeah. looks okay? Yes. Okay, so that's actually better than many, Alan. That's not a huge problem, okay? And all that leaves is all that foliage is going to fall off. You know, make sure okay. that on his sprinkler system, he just is running it long enough, okay? But he's obviously okay. doing a fair job, or they would be much worse shaped than they are. And so oh, right. so what I would do is make sure that we're getting water down at least a couple foot deep and at least once a week, okay? And okay. they're going to drop all that dead foliage, and they're going to pop out, and a monsoon's going to happen here one of these days. And they'll probably bud back all over the top and fill right back in. Oh, great. Okay. The one thing right, to watch then, for, I'll... Alan, um, is if you start to see any bark peel off and you see a black powdery substance underneath, that um, is called sooty canker. And you want to treat for that right away. In fact, that you can even pre-treat. And what you want to treat that with is a product called Monterey Disease Control. And what it is is okay. a bacteria that eats fungus. Okay. Okay. And that really does work on that sooty canker. And that, you know, it's the after facts of the stress that can bother him. But if you only lost a foot of foliage, you're, you know, drive around town, look at some of them now, and they look a lot worse. Oh, than I know. That. I, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Great. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Maggie and Mesa. Good morning, Maggie. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Um, my question is I went to one of those um, home tours uh, in March mm-hmm. and we saw what we thought was a hibiscus. It looked exactly like one, and the flowers did too. But he said no, it was a light blue flower, mm-hmm. and we're wondering what it was because we want to plant one. Well, it's probably called an alleogeny or a blue hibiscus. Okay. Okay. And um, it probably do you would carry hold him? off. Yes, we do. But I would probably hold off and plant them in September. I wouldn't plant okay. them right now in the heat. They're they're really not as hardy, um, but they'll be fine. You plant them in September, they'll grow in full sun. They're a beautiful plant. Uh, foliage is a lot sparser than a hibiscus, but has a beautiful blue flower that looks like a hibiscus. Right. Okay, then I guess I got the right flower. <laughs> All righty, Maggie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, looks like uh, Mr. Troy Barrett snuck in the studio here. We're going to find out what's happening around the world. Uh, while we're gone, we do have a couple lines available. You can call Sure at 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. It's Sure at Troy and Brian with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Sundays from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
Two lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Uh, next up, Margie in Phoenix. Hi, Margie. Good morning. How are you? Oh, enjoying the morning, Margie. The clouds are beautiful here in Sunny Slope. <laughs> now they need to go to work, well, have... these clouds. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's hard sometimes. But I have an asparagus burn out front that faces north and um this just this week half of it turned brown so i trimmed that off and now the rest of it has turned brown is there any hope for it coming back or is it done absolutely you have any idea why it might have turned brown i don't know unless maybe i just wasn't watering it enough that could be um i didn't know if i needed to move it more i used to have it under my orange tree well is it in the ground or is it in the container uh, container. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it just didn't get enough water. Uh, just cut it off at the top of the pot and uh, water it more. It'll come right back out. If you wanted to throw a little Osmocote fertilizer on it so it's got a little something to grow on, uh, it'll be fine. Okay. And in a container, it's pretty hard to keep them alive when it's 118. Um, in the ground, it's very easy, but uh, it just didn't get quite enough water. Yeah, because it used to get watered when I would water my backyard. Um and had the shade from the tree, so it was always. Good. But it's done quite well in the front yard. Well, we had the best. House. We had the best weather all year until July first, right? You know, and yeah. Then, then that's a game changer. Then, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the other thing, um, can you use pool water? It's only have a little bit of chlorine in it, not a lot of anything else in there. I want to drain it. Um, can I use that on any of my plants or you trees? Use a lawn and things. If you just kind of drain a pool. Um, you know, just to, if you want, what you might want to do first before you drain it is just check the pH, okay? Okay. And just add some acid to it if you need to. So if you can bring the pH down, just like if you're trying to maintain the water, it's going to have a lot of calcium and things in it. But the chlorine actually dissipates within a day or two. You know, unless you have mm-hmm. chlorine, that's why they use the tablets and things because chlorine in our atmosphere goes away really fast, especially as hot as it is, just volatilizes. But yeah, it would probably be good to balance the water first, just add a little muriatic acid and balance it, just like you would normally oh, do okay. taking care of a pool. And uh, but it's probably not the best time year to drain your pool right now. Well, I was going to refill it. It's just gotten so dirty. It just yeah. Seems like I'll it talk, might be. Talk, do you do your own? Start fresh. <laughs> do, you, do you do all your own pool work? Yeah, it's okay. just an above ground pool. So oh, okay, not, you know, no above ground's not a yeah. big deal. You're not going to hurt that because it's got a vinyl liner. It's plaster. The plaster is what I would be concerned with. No above ground pool, drain away. It's no problem. Do you, should I still check the acid though? Level? It wouldn't be a bad idea. It would it would make the water you know more malleable for all the plants. And uh, but it's probably not it's probably not that bad anyway. But um, okay. it would definitely if if you're if you're doing that and accustomed to doing it, if you would balance the pH before and just go ahead and distribute the water. But for lawns, trees, and everything, certainly don't waste the water put to use. Yeah, now, I got to so warn you, Margie. That's going to be a lot for one asparagus fern. <laughs> I do have some other trees and plants. Oh, I'm glad you do. Okay. <laughs> So you want it in the acid level, though? When I yeah, if you can get the pH to neutral, like 7, or even 7.5, okay. just not 9. Okay. 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 All right, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.
Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Bob in Phoenix. Hi, Bob. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? Oh, enjoying the morning. Hey, I'm glad. Hey, I got a uh, Brazilian pepper that looks like it was on fire. In other words, about a third of the leaves are all dry, brown. Hey, if you, got, off. if you got half the leaves look good, you're doing really well with the Brazilian pepper with this month, Bob. Is that right? Yeah. I've never had a problem like well, this before. Well, we've never been this hot before. <laughs> you know, three years true. ago, three years ago in August was pretty close. But, yeah, they just really don't like this. And then they're just kind of temperamental and, and have a hard time waking back up and coming back out. Is it in rock Ooh. or lawn or what's around it? It's in rock, and rock, but it okay. has a well under it mm-hmm. uh, that's about six feet in diameter. And I would fill that well up once a week and let the water, you know, okay, and that's drain perfect. slowly down on. Yeah, and I wouldn't change that. That's 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 probably still the best watering cycle. You might throw a little bit of Super Thrive on it right now, okay, okay. and just mix that up when you fill the well up and just in a sprinkler bucket and put it all underneath the tree. And then say a little prayer for it because it's it's hot and it's hurting. Okay, but ah, if the weather changes, it, it, it can come back out. Okay, it can come back out. Mm-hmm. So I you don't say have to go out there with my chainsaw. No, you say about a third of the leaves have turned brown and kind of dropping off, but it's still got half of the leaves or two thirds on it still. Yes, that's just heat stress and. Uh, Okay. And I, and I think it'll be fine. But but do put the Super Thrive on it. And don't try to give it a lot of extra water. Just keep it on a good, okay. deep, weekly cycle, and you should be okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, Tony in Glendale. Good morning, Tony. Hi. How you doing, bud? Uh, I have something real similar to uh, one of your callers. I, was, uh, I have three ficus trees. They've been in the ground a couple of years. They're probably about 14 feet high. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they just lost a ton of leaves uh, last couple of weeks, but when I when it got started getting hot, I turned it up to four times a uh, a week, and I have those two, I have two lines on each tree, and they have those adjustable heads on them. And uh, so what I did is I turned up the heads. I was watering one hour, and so what I did it when after the leaves dropped a couple of weeks ago, I turned it up, turned it to five times a week. And for an hour and a half, and I turn those heads really high up. And I was—I just want to make sure I'm not overwatering. Well, the, Tony, the that, that's the fear. It's okay. If the tree's lost 50% of its foliage, it's using 50% of the water, okay? And um, we are uh, moderating the temperatures a little bit right now. But that's when you start to have a problem. We were talking about fungus and different things. So realistically, a couple-year-old ficus, I probably – where do you live with cross streets in Glendale, Tony? Uh, tried by Luke Air Force Base. Okay, by, so yeah, uh, pretty good soil. Yeah, so you have pretty good soil out there. Um, but you're not that close to the riverbed or anything, right? No. Okay, so, you know, most of that soil out there is kind of a sandy loam, pretty good soil. I would water them twice a week. I would put the water together, and you want to give them enough water to go down in the soil a depth of about two to three feet and out as wide as the trees are. And I wouldn't water them more often than twice a week because then it can become detrimental. And just keep in mind that they're not going to use as much water now that they don't have as much foliage. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, so, so. So twice a week, you're saying? It's plenty and often. Yeah, now, you said now, they've been in for a couple of years, right? Yeah, they've been in the ground a couple of years. They're about 14 feet high now. Maybe the, the the trunk is maybe six inches in diameter. Or, yeah, uh, so they're pretty yeah, good diameter. trees. But, yeah, twice a week's plenty often. Put more water on less often. The reason why we do that, Tony, 
is every time we put on water, we put on salt. Okay, And if we put a little bit of water on and it doesn't go very deep, the salts are all there around the tree. And as the tree is taking up the water, it's taking up the salts. And that burns the leaves and things, too. So that's why when we water, we want to water longer and deeper and less often. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, what happened is when all when, when all the leaves fell, I just left them on the ground because it was so hot. It was, I just fine. left them on the ground under the trees. Mm-hmm. And I... But what happened is that you're talking about fungus. I seen a mushroom growing yesterday, mm-hmm. and I just want to make sure I wasn't going to kill the tree by too much water well, leaving sir, the leaves sir, on there. You and certainly whatnot. can, Tony. And the signs of a mushroom is a sign of being pretty wet. But we're not worried about the mushrooms. Yeah. We're not going to hurt the tree. But there are funguses that will attack the tree when they're weak, and they're obviously weak because they've been through the heat. So we don't want to keep them super saturated. So what you want to do. Oh. You water it one time, then go out there before the next cycle, stick a screwdriver in the ground. If it's still wet to the top, space the next cycle out further. Just uh, one last thing, man. As, uh, I was telling you, I have those uh, two adjustable heads on each tree, and I'm doing it for an hour and a half. So if, if I go to two times a week, how long would I keep my uh, sprinkler system Well, it depends on, on how much your head's put. I mean, to give you an idea, in, in a 12-year-old citrus grove, we won the same adjustable emitters, two per tree. I run them for 12 hours once a week. But um, your ficus are going to be a little bit smaller than the volume of that tree, but not a whole lot. So, I mean, that's how we water them with fairly light soil. And, and the trees are decently healthy, a little burnt right now with the heat, but not too bad. So... You know, you might even get away with once a week, but after you run them, run them, just double up the time, run, run them one course, okay? Go out with a screwdriver and see when the top four or five inches gets dry and then water again. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul by Roosevelt Lake. Hello, Paul. Yes, hello. Good morning. Um, a couple questions, uh, if I could, please. Um, we're in the Roosevelt Lake area. Uh, we have uh, Fotinia. Um, bushes in the front, they're looking very stressed as everything else is. But uh, we've had a few of them die off over the years, and I'm looking for something that, when established, um, needs very little water, a bush that will grow, you know, in the 8 to 10 foot range. Um, you know, something that can take water just about once a week that looks similar to a Fotinia. Well, Fotinias in general are really usually fairly tough, but did you, where are you at? You by Pumpkin Center? Or? Yes. Okay. So pretty rocky soil you're a lot? Uh, well, it was, yeah, I, I guess underneath, you know, they did backfill them and set up the house like 20 years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, But it, your soil they, drains, like, your drains pretty fast, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it does. It's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of clay around here. Well, the clay is good. The clay is going to slow it down, and the rockier stuff is going to make it drain faster. But um, okay. so, you know, and, and typically photinias are such a pretty plant. I don't know that I'd be scared away from them. It's just this particular. Well, we've had a few of them. I'm sorry. We had a few of them die off. So I've got some open spots uh, in the front there where I like to put some um, some other bushes. Uh, photinias are they don't grow all that fast necessarily. And then uh, I have an area that's under a uh, Chilean mesquite where that's where I've lost like three of the bushes over the years. So I don't know if that's. So if you want uh, kind affecting. of a, a tougher uh, native bush that's still green, you might look at yeah, Arizona, something in the eight to ten foot range. Arizona rosewood. Okay. Okay. That would be a pretty good one. Another really good plant for there would be jojobas. And uh, I'm they, sorry, they, say that again. Jojoba, J O J O B A. Oh, jojoba. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they're both native plants that uh, 
will thrive with the water. You know, once established, okay. that weekly water, and they'll think right. they're in paradise. And um, okay. so that will work okay, really great. well for them. And it'd be greener using the rosewood or grayer with the hobas, but both of them would be trimmed really nice. Now, I was my brother-in-law's house, and he likes to trim, and he's got a hobas that are trimmed like little Christmas trees, which I couldn't believe. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah. I don't like trimming a couple times a year, but I, I, I don't want to have to, you know, be tending to them. Well, both, both those, when they're established, um, should be very easy for you, Paul. Okay, and then real quick, um, we have a couple of ash trees, uh, a shamel and a purple, and um, I'm kind of got a little, very little hope for them. Uh, the bark is basically all burned off on the on the southwestern side of the trees. I've got them covered with uh, uh, some burlap, but those those trees are probably well, unfortunately. Oh, I'll tell you what, you know, they're in Pumpkin Center. I can remember once going there with my father to the bar when they first put power into it. And all the, uh-huh. all, all wow. the and all the cowboy well, I was back in the sixties and all the cowboys uh-huh. running their horses and they were telling me lies and stories and they are, had little javelinas that thought they were dogs and they were telling me about you know shorty yanking the tree out of the the line out of the tree and Freddie shooting him in the head when they brought him out it is cowboy stories <laughs> right but I'll tell you what uh-huh. if, if you're a little cowboy like there you know you you could do some things with those ash trees if you'll just take those ash trees this winter and just cut them in half. And seal up the yeah. top part of the tree and let them grow back multiple trunk. Just stand back; they'll make beautiful trees. Just keep them alive for now. How, how big cut in diameter? How, how big in diameter? They're how, both about twenty-five feet. Okay, cut them about five feet. Oh dear! <laughs> no, the deer are something different. They're like the javelina, but they're different. They're wild runner. No, <laughs> anyway. that's going to hurt to cut them that low. But well, if I it's going to hurt. Like to but you'll that. be amazed what they'll do. They'll come back and grow ten feet in one year. Okay, and the, and the the sides where the bark is all burned off, they're basically well. That's going to die um, now. Into a here's, yeah, here's the other thing you can do, Paul. If the, if the overall you know shape and character of the tree is still good, you can wrap mm-hmm. that right now with like like some burlap. Just wrap the whole yeah. trunk with burlap, you know, from yeah, the ground to where the branches start, and uh, uh-huh. you give them four or five years. That cambium layer grow back and close off that burn up side. Oh wow, fantastic! You know, just don't trim oh, them too well, high. Thank but, you. But yeah, just wrap them with some burlap. So it kind of breathes mm-hmm. and keeps the sun off and do that right away. And that'll keep the wood from dying more. And then, you know, this next spring and just keep them well fertilized, they'll, they'll close back up. And then put pr- them back to fix them this winter. Yeah, but cut them down to five feet to really end up with some healthy trees. And, well, you'll end up with these know, wild multiple trunk things that are a lot of fun. Uh-huh. But uh, okay. like I said, it's, it's more of a cowboy story type, but I have done it. And it does come out okay. pretty, but uh, it's a little little harsh. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much. But but you are in Pumpkin Center. Hey, have a yeah, nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Right, Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line available, a number to call, 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate You know we've got to find a way 
Sunday morning out there and uh, and having the right to protest, that's uh, that's a worldwide right. But we try to work together more in this country than most. At any rate, uh, welcome back to Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. I want to invite you out to Whitfield's where we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. It's the perfect time to plant desert trees and palms, mesquites, palo verdes, ironwoods. And you can also do all the palms like Mexican, California, date palms. They actually thrive in the heat. And we'll do the digging. Whether you need one for your backyard or a thousand for development, come out and see us at Whitfield's. Our original store is at 825. Four East Glendale. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Next up, Velma and Gold Canyon. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a question about, I have a Meyer lemon tree that seems to be a little, it's like flattening on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't lost any leaves. Some of the leaves on the top are starting to curl and turn a little bit yellow. And I wasn't sure if I should, <laughs> should I put a, like a shade over it probably, or like a probably net? Probably not, Velma. It actually sounds like it's oh. doing pretty well. You know, it's just been okay. really hot. And uh, and they don't put up the big, fast shoots like they do in the spring and the fall. But, you know, that can all happen again when we get a little monsoon going. So it sounds like it's actually, you know, faring pretty well. Whenever it cools off a little, go ahead and feed it. You can feed it once a month. You don't have to feed it, you know, like on the three times a year. You don't have to wait till Labor Day if we get some humidity. And I think you'll pop out bigger, healthier shoots and it'll come out fine. And meanwhile, if you want to prune a little bit of the side growth off, uh, you could do that as soon as it cools down a little as well. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, uh, let's see. Next, we got Ron and Mesa. Hi, Ron. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. So I've got a couple questions about um, Italian cypress that, I'm, that I grow. I, I try to grow them from seedlings that I, I, I purchased from a company on the West Coast. And, um, and I grow them, and I plant them initially in uh, – number two nursery pots and then move them to threes and then sevens as they get bigger and then, you know, plant them in the ground or um, I've got a couple properties in Arizona and I love those trees. So first question, um, if the top shoot dies off, is it, a, is it a goner? Like, does it have no hope of growing? No, Ron, they'll, they'll, come, they'll come back out. So you just have even to if print, it's the main shoot, even if it's the main shoot, they'll they'll grow a new uh, central bud. You know, you'll just do some corrective pruning up there, take a look at the top bud, and if you wanted to even put a little stake and bring it up a little higher out of the top, like a little bamboo stake or something on a younger plant, yep. you could do that. It'll come back and reform. Okay, that's great. Um, I see people growing them along their block walls. Mm-hmm. I want to replace um, some oleanders I have with with these Italian cypress, the wall is on the east side of my house and where my house is situated, that means they'll get west sun. Um, is that too much for them? I see people growing them there, but I look what's happening at them in these pots right now, and I'm thinking I plant them up against the uh, western they're, exposure. They're just not a very good screen plant like that. They have a problem with spider mites. I mean, when you drive around Phoenix for the thousands and thousands that have been planted, you don't see many yeah. good screen hedges. What they need is they need more airflow, and they need more moisture to keep the spider mites off them. And so that's why they don't work well in that kind of use. The, the prettiest ones you see, 
you know, are planted yeah. out. Like, like if you go to the cemetery over in Mesa, you look at the big ones, you know, yeah. the reason why they're that big and that healthy is because they're 30 to 50 feet apart, you know, and they get well, good I don't, airflow I don't want to plant them. I don't want to plant them as a skirt to create like a wall. Mm-hmm. I they're gonna. They're not going to be thirty feet apart, but they'll be ten feet apart at least. Well, at ten feet apart, they'll, they'll work well until they're you know twenty feet tall. Okay. At that point, they're okay. going to start and, to get thick and, and cut their airflow down. But at ten feet apart, we you know when they're young, they'll be pretty. Yes. No. The, they they will be okay. Great. And then lastly, um, hey Ron, I'll tell you what. I, I got to put you on hold because I got to say goodbye. Yep. But I'll take you off yep. the air still when I come back. Okay. Be right Thank back you. with you. And then uh, Michael and Linda and Ron and uh, Mr. Unknown, whose phone call is still ringing. I'll take all you off there as well. Hope you appreciate the program today, folks. And uh, let's go out to work together and, and be a team here and get through our heat, utilize our water, cool our yards down. I know the water is a little expensive, but your plants need a good deep irrigation right now. And if you're ready to plant some desert stuff, come out and see us at Whitfield's. Uh, we'll do the digging. We have some beautiful stuff to plant this time of year. Thanks for being part of our program. And we appreciate all the calls, and you you know you want to keep uh, Whitfield's going, so we appreciate all your support as well. We'll see you next Sunday, or at least talk with you on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.